0: Oh my gosh, so say that one more time, 15 months ago. About 15 months ago.
1: Wyatt is concerned he's behind for me saying that.
0: <laughs> oh, yes. I've been in this business for like, like half a decade, like six
2: years. What in the world? Yeah, yeah. Go big or go home. Seriously. And we don't go home. <laughs> Step up your game, Wyatt. You mean
0: that Chattanooga house was like within
2: that the That la- was in August? S- September? August.
3: Yeah. And then the other one yeah. was in... Uh, so the other one was in January of this year. January, and then um, my new construction that I did was at the end of 2017. Was when we first started doing that. Yeah. So we'll be in for two we'll, two years. will be uh, like August September of this year. Yeah. Oh my god.
1: It's okay. It's I, all put
0: into place.
1: I feel You're like I
3: don't even put my pants on right in the morning. With these kids. <laughs> what in the world?
0: so much for joining us for this episode of Cork Trues and Contracts. I'm Wyatt Wallace,
1: And I'm Jennifer Hamrick.
0: And we started this podcast to really give everyone an idea about buying a home or investing in real estate. We have some really awesome people here uh, to talk to today and learn from. Uh, Jennifer, what are we sipping on?
1: Today we're drinking 1924. It is a limited edition. It is a double black Cabernet Sauvignon out of California.
0: Very cool. Let's give that a shot. There's a lot of fruit notes in that.
1: I've never had a double
0: black Cabernet before.
1: This is yeah. the first for me.
0: Yeah, normally the color's kind of burgundy, but this is actually black. <laughs> How about that? Eric and Nikki Hinsley are players in the real estate game. They live in Murfreesboro with their three young kids, three dogs, and three cats. They've literally done all the things you can do in the real estate game and have high hopes and aspirations for the future. Eric and Nikki, thank you so much for joining us today. Yes. So we love to start with how you got here. So how did you get to Nashville?
3: So I uh, I was born and raised in Knoxville, um, a little town called Clinton, and I came to um, Vanderbilt to play football. So that was in 2005, um, and was on the offensive line for Vanderbilt, uh, won the first bowl game in 52 years at Vanderbilt.
0: That's great!
2: Yeah, so
3: it's kind of cool. I still have my pole ring that I wear every once in a while. No um, way. And so from there, um, 2009, graduated in December 2010. So potentially one of the worst economies in U.S. history. Oh, yeah. Um, so, um, and then Nikki and I got married that year. And uh, so... I got stuck. <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay, this is not a terrible place to be stuck.
3: <laughs>
2: no, it's No, it's a it was one. not at all. It was not at all. It was either
3: Knoxville or Nashville, and Nashville won. So.
2: Yes, and I'm from here. I've lived here my whole life. Um, I lived in Antioch, actually, and then we moved to Smyrna. Yeah. So I'm from the area, and then I went to MTSU in Murfreesboro, and we still live in Murfreesboro, and uh, we met – to halfway through college, I mean you're older than he is, but oh, yeah. uh, we met his halfway through when he was starting. He had just started starting on the, so it's pretty honored to be his girlfriend.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: the big football, uh, yeah, the big football girlfriend. guy. Girlfriend. Um, right. So, anyways, then yeah, graduated and got married, and now we have three kids and wow. three dogs and three cats. Wow. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> Busy household. It is busy. trifecta. We, we got a puppy too, which oh. made our third dog, which I don't know what we were thinking. We just like to keep it, you know, really interesting at our house. <laughs>
0: That's great. And Do you go back and forth to Knoxville to visit family or investing?
3: Or? Um, so just here recently, I've started looking for more investments in Knoxville, uh-huh. um, try to get everything situated in Nashville first and then kind of growing out. Um, but I go back and visit every once in a while. Not much at all. Um, don't uh, don't just have my family there. Um, Nikki's family lives here in Nashville, so we don't we don't go back. But maybe once every couple of months, something like that. Not a ton. Yeah.
2: We go back. I go back more than he does to go visit because of the kids. They love me, me and Papal. Oh. So. That's
0: <laughs> great. What are their ages?
2: Seven, eight, and five. Right? Oh, yes. Yeah. So, I thought you were going to say seven, eight, nine. And I go, my nine, goodness, eight, the threes nine. just
0: continue.
2: No, five, seven, and eight five, seven. in numerical order. <laughs> <laughs> so, like I said, interesting times at our house for sure. So, y'all have done just about
1: everything you could do in real estate, correct? <laughs>
2: yes. Correct.
3: Yes. Uh, I think the only thing that I haven't done yet, which I'm working on, is uh commercial okay. yeah, so that's the only thing I haven't haven't dove into yet.
2: <laughs> it's coming I'm sure oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, <laughs> <laughs> yes.
3: <laughs> what what do you like so far in residential so um i my background is I worked for a home builder for oh. three years, um so I worked for Ryan homes, oh yeah, and uh, learned everything about building. How to control a neighborhood, how to pre-sell houses, costing, you know, what were the processes of building, you know, and so during that time, I just kind of started enjoying the building process. And um, so I would say my greatest enjoyment is new construction. Uh, you know, from start to finish, you get to see something put together that wasn't there before. And, you know, it's it's very scalable. You know, it's something that you, within reason, you know you're going to do this amount and within reason, you know you're going to sell for this amount and it's pretty, you know, straightforward in between, you know, unless something crazy happens. But so I'd say building is probably my, my number one.
1: Funny side note, I actually used to work with a company that, company that did pre-wiring for Ryan and Dr. Horton Homes. So I would go in and do the pre wiring for them, but not in Tennessee. It was in South Carolina. Okay,
3: I was about to say because in Tennessee, I've worked with them a lot. Yes,
2: all connected. We are. Yeah.
3: So that's my my biggest one. And then, um, you know, as I grew being an agent, that was a good good part of it. Enjoyed being an agent, but I think um, the agent side, um, you know, for me is just not as enjoyable as building a house. I can see that. I can
0: see that. (laughs) You know, you did talk about uh, numbers, and that's such a big thing about building a house. Versus, you know, I I came from uh, the flipping side, where you go, I feel like it's going to be this, and we know it's going to be that when it's done. But holy cow, there's a lot that can happen in the middle. How how important is it to know a spreadsheet and be able to work within tight budgets when you're when you're when you're doing a big new construction?
3: So. it, it, it's very important. Um, so for me, I'm, I'm definitely a numbers person. Um, I want to keep things in line. But I also budget 10% contingency in the deal, mm. new construction or not, you know, um, because it, somewhere it's going to get ate up. Mm. Somebody's not going to have the right appliances. Somebody's not going to, uh, they're going to miss lumber. They're going to, you know, something's mm-hmm. going to happen in the process. Now, it's not as bad as flipping, mm-hmm. but new construction you still have. So I will always put a 10% contingency in there for new construction, regardless of what we're doing.
2: And we often say our motto is uh, it's going to cost more and it's going to take longer than, you know, than you first think. So it's important. A lot of people who are buying houses or building houses, they don't realize that. They, you know, they're going to come in under budget. Okay. You know, so, you know, so being realistic is really important, too, in it? So, we always remember that. It's mm-hmm. going to take longer, and it's going to cost more. All right? Yeah. We
0: were talking about how long windows are taking these days. What's your experience with that and just raw materials at, at all?
3: Um, so, raw materials as a whole, I think, are, that that is one of the biggest pieces to line up correctly. Because, you know, for instance, windows itself, um, you know, if you don't order them on the front end, It's going to take three weeks to get them there. If they miss one, it's going to take another three weeks to get there. Then you're waiting on those to get your framing inspection. You're waiting on, you know, other things to happen in the process. And that slows everything else up. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think material wise could be your make or break. That's how quickly you're going to get the house dried in. You know, so um, I, I, I think it's a... A tough thing to to narrow, but that's why you hire a good g c <laughs>
1: <laughs> which sometimes can be really challenging to find
3: big time mm-hmm. yeah we've so we we've, we've we went through um Nicky and I personally have went through probably five different uh, general contractors that we've used, and then I have worked as an agent mm-hmm. for probably another eight Wow um so. I've been able to see the whole spectrum from somebody who builds one or two houses a year, just as, you know, a side gig to a guy that I worked with that built almost 90 one year. Um, So, you know, the spectrum of what you do, and then I've pre-sold and I've sold spec, you know, so it's, it's kind of different in all aspects.
1: For someone looking for a good general contractor, is there certain, questions they should ask or how do y'all make that decision because I know it can be kind of scary going in and not know you know
3: I think my number one and number two thing for me as hiring a general contractor is I want to see their past projects Hmm. I want to see what they've done and how quickly they did it did it take them a year to build a new construction did it take them a year to get out of a rehab What were the projects that they have done and how long did it take them to do it? That would be the first thing. And the second thing for me is I don't pay forward. So you're gonna do the work, then I'll pay you on the job, Mm. right? And that was one of the biggest things at first that I messed up with, Mm. you know, is I cut a check to a contractor 20, 30% up front, you know, and then come to find out by the end of the project, he used that for other projects, didn't pay for my project, and I got a lien placed on it.
2: No way. The GC, he ended up going bankrupt in the process, so we Correct. couldn't even go after him. So we ah. were, you win some, you lose some, but yeah, we lost a little bit. No, we actually...
3: We made a thousand dollars. We made
2: a thousand dollars. You know what, though? That is the success story, you know? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and the, the lessons we learned in that were immeasurable. Like, it was no fun going through it, but like, golly, now... And a lot of things, you know, you do want a good contractor. And I think he kind of had good wrecks, but you just, you live and learn, you know? Yeah, so, and, we, and we,
3: we paid him up front, and that was right. a mistake. Absolutely. Mm. So, you know, I will never pay somebody a dime up front. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't care how good they are.
0: Yeah. And that's, go ahead. The, I, I got to learn that lesson in a, in a really small way. When I was running an amusement park, uh, it, it, like it sounds like amusement parks, like, <laughs> oh, it's like uh, a circus wheel, you know, the whole bit. No, roller coasters, but we had putt-putt golf and go-karts and the whole bit. And uh-huh. the, the putt-putt golf, I needed a new carpet installed, right, on that, and, and carpet on a, a golf course is a big deal. Yeah. I mean, all those little cuts, and we had rocks in there and water running through, it was actually really cool. But the process I didn't know anything about and I might have been I think I was maybe 22 years old and the guy said I need half up front and then I'll be out there tomorrow and so I paid him the half up front I had already bought the carpet so I only paid for labor Ooh. half up front so he shows up first day rolls in with you know a van he's got all these kids in it and his wife and they're <laughs> just chilling while he's working all day in the heat right oh my. I'm like what are they gonna do Maybe they can come ride our rides and buy things while they're here. I like this, actually, right? Day two, he shows up a little late, but he starts to work. And I'm going, okay, we're still good. We're still good. He gets about three of the, um, uh, three of the greens done. And then day, f- day three, don't hear from him. Day four, don't hear from him. And he, I call him. I Hey, what's the deal? Well, you, know, you need to come back and do the job. He goes, you know, um, it's just a lot harder than I thought. I'm going to need more money.
2: Oh my. Yeah. Did and I said,
0: I don't do it. I call, I paid half like yeah. what do you do? and he said, what do you ask me?
2: Did did you give it to him when he asked for it? No.
0: No. No, no. I said, look, I don't have half my course. How are you getting half uh, more money? You yeah. know, like I need you to finish what you said you were gonna do before I pay you anymore. And he just walked off. For him, fifty percent of the job was good enough. Uh, and that was that was what I should have remembered later on in life, which Jennifer <laughs> here is gonna remind me again that I didn't remember that. <laughs> But yeah, in a market so like a this, for.
1: Absolutely.
0: for real, in a market <laughs> like this, nationally even, people are, you know, things are going so fast, they're getting 15 calls a day, they're answering four of them, they can take half your money and just not care.
2: And you know, we were talking about this the other day, and I don't think people who make mistakes like that, or, or ends up, that being the how it plays out, I don't think they mean to act that way. Mm-hmm. Like, I think they had good intentions, but like you said, they're so busy, and they're so ill-prepared for what they're taking on, that that's unfortunately how it plays out. Mm -hmm. But I still like to think people are mainly good. That's what I try to remember. When you get really frustrated, I'm like, Mm -hmm. the intentions were good here. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But yes, lessons learned.
0: Lessons learned. I saw that guy a year later. The economy had gone south, and I was working at a gas station, which was actually a really fun job. I, I did enjoy that. <laughs> and uh, he came up looking for cigarettes, you know. And I was like, "Oh, hey, it's you, you hey, know. Hey, there. Small town. I'll run into you eventually." <laughs> and he had this look on his face, like, "Oh man, I'm sorry, you know." And, and I just said, "Hey, listen, you know. Hey, take care, and you know, here's your Pall Malls or something." Or right. You know. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, like I felt better in that moment because at least I was employed.
2: Right. right? Absolutely. And maybe people
0: aren't even getting carpet installed with the economy as bad as it was. Yeah. So, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't been able to tell that story in 10 years. Thank you. You're <laughs> welcome. <laughs> oh.
1: Got it off his chest. He feels so much better <laughs> about general contractors not. <laughs>
0: Nikki, so you were talking about the slogans and and the dreams and things that you have to rein in sometimes.
2: Yes. Working
0: together. Tell
2: us a little (laughs) about that. Uh, Well, you know, I am, I grew up in a very structured, if you will, family, but you know, salary. We go to work at eight and we come home at five and you know, you you make what you make and you save for your vacations and you go on vacation year. So that was my mindset coming in to this marriage and this relationship. Oh, man. And that is not how he... He actually grew up that way, too, but he was just wired differently. And he is a big dreamer. And I, at, when we first, you know, we had little kids and we got married and and life was hard. And, and I was always like, no, you are not doing this. You're going to change the diapers. You know, just being ugly about it. But, you know, as we've evolved and as the kids have gotten out of diapers, um, we, me, I have stopped crushing them so quickly. And I realized, like, you know like he's going to go look at an apartment complex today. And if he buys it, he buys it. But half the stuff that he does go look at and half the stuff he does, you know, get under contract, it and not of any fault of his, but it's just not going to work out, you know. There's something's going to fall, something's going to happen in the process. So I would get super worked up over these things that probably wouldn't even happen. And if they did happen, like hopefully the apartment complex he's looking at today works out. Um but you know, normally old me would have been like no we don't need to do that or no that's that's silly you know just trying Mm -hmm. to control the situation and i've learned to let go of that control and just let them be and we get along so much better (laughs) (laughs) and the things that do end up happening have all been great so i've also learned my lesson like just let it happen it's probably Mm going to be for the better yeah important life lesson and that can
1: be hard to change your mindset if you know, like, if you know that security of an eight to five, because you saw that growing up. Right. To to change over to where the unknown of a weekly or monthly paycheck. Right. Um, to just, just to, uh, go into, to, uh, Yes. Being a 1099 employee and being able to know that it's going to be okay, even though you don't have that security so often. I think
3: a lot of people don't understand that everybody is on commission. Everybody. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Everybody has no job security. And they get to a point where you have, you know, you have the mindset of, oh, I'm going to be here. I'm going to get my paycheck on the 15th. I'm going to get, you know, I'm going to be here. But tomorrow if your boss said, hey, sorry, we're downsizing, you're gone. So everybody works on commission. It's just how long is it going to take? How long is it going to be until you get fired, until mm-hmm. you get let go? Um, you know, gone are the days of 30-year Employment, mm-hmm. you know gone are the days of companies lasting for a hundred years mm-hmm. you know um you know kodak right that's right mm-hmm. they don't exist anymore no. to my knowledge
0: there it's uh, if at all i mean it's uh, yeah. a friend of ours is moving back to rochester in a couple weeks and sure enough man that town is nothing
3: like mm-hmm. it used to be with kodak yeah. right and that so that that is you know to me that's a sense of you know my security is that I can make anything happen wherever however no matter what and having a job doesn't give you that yeah mm-hmm. like people are scared and that's where I think that's where some of the fear comes from of oh we can't go on vacation oh we can't ugh, I don't we can't buy that new car
2: an abundance mm-hmm. an abundance mindset right mm-hmm. it's
3: more it, it, you know and so having those type of things in life, you know, is what drives people, mm-hmm. you know. So, I think even though that everybody says, "Oh, I have a steady good job." You really don't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're just telling yourself that.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cuz somebody
1: else is controlling it. Correct. And you can control your own destiny and how how you want to live your magnificent life yes. with an abundance mindset. Absolutely. Very well said. I like that.
0: Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah. Good she time. has to kick me in the butt every once in a while because sure enough I'll, I'll have all the things going on with a deal and it seems like it's falling apart and i'll go i just need to go out and get a job i need to get a job i need to be safe <laughs> is that you i do the
3: same thing i'm like i used to make a 100 grand a year why did i quit doing that you know <laughs> yes once I every, have health
0: insurance why once, did i give that up yeah. once every two weeks
3: once every two Once every weeks,
2: two weeks. weeks. I'll,
3: have, I'll have a breakdown uh-huh. and just be like, I'm done, I'm not doing this, I quit, you know, and then a couple hours later I'll be fine and I'll get back to work. And,
2: you
0: know. <laughs> Renters Warehouse Nashville has become the top property management company in Tennessee, specializing in generating rental income for your property. Their Nashville team is local and professional. They're ready to help homeowners and investors lease their home or property with confidence. Call 615-398-9550 for Renters Warehouse, Nashville. Visit our friend Bradley T. Bald, licensed attorney at the Road Title & Escrow LLC, where he counsels and facilitates clients in various commercial and residential transactions. In addition to his real estate practice, Bradley is an attorney for Keller, Turner, Ruth, Andrews, and Gannon PLLC in the firm's sports, entertainment, and corporate practice. Bradley is also a Rule 31 mediator in the state of Tennessee. Again, that's Bradley T. Bald at the Row Title and Escrow. Give him a call.
3: So there's also a thing that (laughs) that we've also been talking about a lot lately, and I think it's helped us in growing our mindset, is that, you know, everything happens to you, right? For you. Everything happens for you, not to you. (laughs) right? yeah. So if a deal doesn't work out, that's in your benefit if a house doesn't close that's in your benefit Hmm. right and as we started looking more at things as beneficial versus deficits it's helped a lot right so it's also the second factor to that is control the things you can control and leave the rest alone like recently um metro council is trying to pass an rm20 bill Mm -hmm. to eliminate airbnb right Mm -hmm. i own 15 lots in RM20, specifically for Airbnb. Wow. Ain't shit I can do. Ain't anything I can do about that. There's nothing I can do about that, right? Yeah. I can't control what they do. All I can control is the fact that I'm now going to change a little bit how I'm building them, build them a little bit better, build them a little bit more cost effective, Mm -hmm. and continue on, Mm -hmm. you know? So that's something that you can't control. So, we've, we've been talking about that a lot. It's control the things you can control. And things happen. Oops. Oops. Things happen, you know. Literally, things happen. Things happen. <laughs> That's the cell phone yeah. off the chair. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, it's just making sure that you, you know, continue to grow. And, and for us, growing together. As well as doing more things has helped a lot as well. So, when I do have that breakdown of, you know, I'm done, I quit, I'm not doing this, you know, she's got the mindset of, no, we're good. And then the days that she has, I quit, I'm out here, I'm out of this, I'm not doing this, I'm kind of there to be like, hey, we're good, it's going to happen.
2: Some days when we're both, like, we're over it, we just go get Mexican and eat ice cream. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Fixes everything. Yes. <laughs> I will say when
1: things like that happen, it makes you, like, that you can't control, and you know you can't control it, it makes you think things through and think outside the box. To say, like, how can I fix, make this go differently? Right. Or how can I change what my thought process was to, to make the money I'm supposed to make off of this or, you
2: know, whatever. Right. So. And something else, too, in, the, in this industry, I'm sure y'all know, you have to be resilient. You're going to mm-hmm. get a million no's and, like, five yeses. It's mm-hmm. so, like, you just have to keep going. Like... I can't tell you how many times someone's been like, no, I'm not giving you the money for that. And then he just, without even missing a beat, like, I would have been crying, like, if someone was, <laughs> you know. And he's just like, all right, call the next person. And call the you know, get, you got to be hard almost. I guess that's why we they have the softer counterparts, but... Mm-hmm. You, gotta, you can't take it personal, you know? No, nah, man, I'm the
0: softer part.
2: <laughs>
0: She's like, Baby, you should call another person. And I go, No, but they told me no. This is
1: a lie already. So, you know what happens? I pick up the phone and I make the phone call and get told no. And I'm like, Whatever, next person. Like, it's fine. It's fine.
2: Just, that is him. That is him. That
1: is him. <laughs> it's funny because talking to y'all a lot, y'all play off each other a lot like we do. But uh-huh. some of the church. Tra- or more, you know, sometimes right. it's opposite, sometimes it's the Right, same. yep. <laughs> it's funny. Tell
0: me
3: about a project that you're working on right now. Uh, which one? <laughs> yeah, right. okay. Um, new construction, flip, wholesale, oh rehab. God. What? What do you want to know about? Are doing I think you
0: know. all those things?
2: All yes. of the above,
3: yes. Yeah. Yeah, oh. I, I, I don't think there's one thing in real estate we haven't done or touched on, you know, except for probably a commercial build, which we're working on. Figuring out how to do that as well.
2: Like so. right now, you're doing your first, uh, oh, what's that financing you're doing on Eagles Glen?
3: Uh, subject to. We had yes. never done that before until. Yes. Yeah. So we did a subject to rehab, actually. Uh-oh. So we uh, did a house subject to, um, and then we're putting the money in for the rehab and then selling it off, paying off the mortgage, everything like that. So it was, it was a pretty cool deal. Never did it before. So that was an interesting one. For for our
0: audience, could you explain what a subject two is?
3: Yeah, so um, and bear with me. I don't know all of it, right? <laughs> but subject two is if there's an existing mortgage on the property. So let's say, Wells Fargo, the house is you know selling for three hundred thousand. Um, so the house sells for three hundred thousand, right? Existing mortgage is two fifty. Yep. All right. So what we did is we took over the existing mortgage at 250 and we paid the 50 to the client. Hmm. So we, her, her name's still on it. And you know we put the rehab up in cash, hmm. okay? And then we're selling it at the end. What that helps us do though, is that avoids points for hard money people. Hmm. Um, that avoids a massive interest charge difference right and then we were able to actually pay a little bit more for the property to get the deal done than anybody else could have because of how we structured it wow so it was a it was a really cool one
2: and sometimes i think you know wholesalers and flippers get bad names because people feel like you're screwing people over and that like that was our thing like we don't want to operate in the gray like everything like here look at our books look at what we're doing look at our intentions i mean it we we're not hiding anything, um, and so our thing is we want to help people buy a house who probably couldn't buy a house or people who like that lady she she really needed help and like we were there to help her and we buy he he's the oh, he walks into some rough houses and you know he goes <laughs> and, like, no one else would have bought this house no one else would have taken care of the literal poop overflowing into your floor like you know just walk away I'll take care of <laughs> mm. it you know so that's our our why if you will like helping people who. Couldn't have done it without us. Move on to the next chapter of their lives.
3: Yeah, like this lady ended end up walking away with, you know, the, the money from her house and she was about to go into foreclosure.
1: So everybody in real estate always has their stories. So what are some funny, crazy stories you have that you want to share?
3: I have a lot. Okay. Um, so let's see. So uh, me and my buddy... Um, Our very first build ever, like me and my, me and my best friend, we're sitting there and we're like, Hey, I called him. I said, Hey, I've got this lot. Um, The guy just backed out. Do you want to buy it? He's like, yeah, I'll buy it. (laughs) It was a good deal at the time. You know, it was a build two. We knew about the lot. We had the survey. He's like, yeah, I'll buy it. So close on it. And this is the first deal I've ever done. Ever, this is getting so good already, and so uh, I call him. I was like, Hey, man, you know, would you mind us doing this together? Would you have any interest in that? You know, um, and he's like, Yeah, yeah, we can do that. Well, then I get cold feet, right? Which I don't even think I've ever told you this, but then I then I then I get a little cold feet, and I'm like, But I don't know if we can finance it, and I don't, and remember, this is my first deal ever, you know, and I'm like, How do we do this? How do we put it together? You know, and, um, you know, and not in so nice words. He basically said, man up, you know, <laughs> and, man. and so that was, that was the first, the first deal we did. So fast forward, um, we are through framing, we're going into drywall, we get through a drywall and we're getting ready to paint the houses. Okay. And our contractor calls us and goes, you know, Hey, I need some more money. I was like, "What do you mean you need much more money?" He's like, "Well, we're you know we're uh, we're not doing this, we're not doing that, I, you know I, I didn't spend the money correctly, um, and so my buddy for about three months after that takes everything over, starts paying trades directly, starts you know getting everything done, and come to find out we're like 40, 50,000 in the hole from this guy not paying.
2: This is the guy who comes up. It's the
0: guy who, no yes. way,
3: yeah. Um, and so my buddy and I get into it. Like we're at each other. It's just bad, right?
1: Yeah, because he told you to man up, and yeah. you right. <laughs> yeah.
3: So so then you know, so we work we work through everything, and we're continuing. And I step up and start getting more involved. And mind you, this is literally our first new construction ever. Ever. That's true. And um, so we finally get back together, get everything worked out, start moving forward, start calling trades, getting everything done, get both houses under contract the first week they go on the market. Ooh. Um, yes. Yeah. Yep. And I think we ended up making like
2: that was a thousand dollars,
3: fifteen hundred bucks a house, a yeah. thousand bucks a house, something <sighs> like that. You know, got our money back. Yeah. Um, I got his money back. I got my money back. Got our money back. But you know, he he still to this day says we got a master's in absolutely, real we got
2: your master's degree.
3: Yeah, and that, that 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 was the first deal I'd ever done. Mm. Yeah,
2: like everything that could have gone wrong did go wrong yeah. even the appraiser got held up at gunpoint going out to that house Oh my like gosh. everything went wrong <laughs> yeah
3: everything went wrong with that house and you know and and to this day we're still best friends like wow. so that that process that we were able to go through and stuff like it was it was just unbelievable you know how how you come through stuff but and then just figuring things out like kind of like mickey said earlier like my painter didn't show up right so i had to hire another painter Well, I hired a painter that I'd never seen his work. He was half of the next guy, right? right? So he comes in, he paints at night, can't see the walls, can't see (laughs) anything, can't see like the... So we get back in the house, we get back in the house, and the entire house is painted, but there's like paint on the um, baseboards, there's spots on the ceiling. We're like, hey, can you touch this up? He's like, well... You know, yeah, but you know, I just and never would get it right. So I ended up having to repaint both houses. Oh, oh gosh.
2: Gosh. Yeah. no!
3: <laughs> so I had to end up re- repainting both houses, and, um, and
2: painting's not cheap. No. no, like for such a simple, simple task, like think? and it can no. look
3: terrible, awful. It can look terrible. Awful. So, so that was the first deal I ever did. And then I kept going. (laughs) Uh, But (laughs) back on that horse. The
2: resilience. You got to keep going.
3: So, kept going from there. And then, you know, another fun story. Let's see. uh,
2: about the time we bought the house that was about to be torn down in eight days and we didn't know it? Oh my gosh. So, I I bought
3: a house in Chattanooga.
2: Um,
3: It was like my second or third house. Like, I'm thinking I'm getting a great deal, right? Yeah, it
2: was $35,000, which, you know, oh. looking at today's numbers, like, that was a great deal.
3: Huge. And they had just built a brand new, like, it was, like, two years old, two-car garage with like a addition. bonus room addition yeah. to this, like, I mean, crap house. Crap, I mean, like, yeah. bad house. <laughs> so, my first mistake was it wasn't a floodplain, mm-hmm. but I wasn't worried about the floodplain because of how cheap we were getting it, and the comps were showing that we could, like, get out of it for, like, you know, one twenty-five, one thirty, with like fifteen, twenty thousand worth of work, right? Wow! It's like, all right, let's do this. So I get a buddy uh, that I met in Chattanooga, and he's like, "Yeah, I'll fund the deal," you know. And so I was like, "Okay," and I'll I'll manage everything, right? So we had our we had our thing going, and uh, the day I close, the day I close, I get a call. Hey, man. So. The tenant is outside with the codes enforcement and is saying that uh, nobody can come on the property and the house is getting ready to be torn down uh, because it's condemned.
2: Not to mention there's 500 cats everywhere. Cats, just cats. Uh, and, and <laughs> I try to take them all home. <laughs>
3: and so, so, so I immediately drive down to Chattanooga, go over there, call the codes guy, get him over there, well, come to find out, the guy that sold us the house knew about this the entire time, and literally waited. Like, had we waited one more day to close, they could have closed
2: because the title and we couldn't it have.
3: Up. We couldn't have known they were going to condemn it because it's not on public record. It's not. They don't announce it. Like, it was the city of Eastlake, so Eastridge. Eastridge. It was Eastridge, and Eastridge doesn't publish their stuff. So, like everything that happened we could have never known about until it happened and one day later we would have not closed and, and moved it out of it
2: actually ended up because we've never like title insurance you have to have it but whoever we actually ended up <laughs> going did. back and they were we had sold it by the time they're like okay we couldn't help you out here but we'd already sold it but i guess that is there for a reason title insurance yeah
3: so we got <laughs> title insurance they gave us clear title
2: yeah we got all of it
3: all Everything. So we did the normal stuff that you're supposed to do yeah. on a property, right? And um, so talk to codes enforcement's Codes like, yeah, this house is unsafe and uh, everybody's having to move out because we were going to have to figure out how to get the tenants out. Well, come to find out, the tenants got kicked out by the codes enforcement because they were getting ready to have the house done.
1: One problem solved. <laughs>
3: <laughs> so then it gets better. Oh, boy. So I gutted the house. Getting ready to put it back together, so oh, we stopped. Well, we, we got. St-
2: mm-hmm, you're going there. We
3: stopped being. We stopped the con- being condemned. Right. The
2: tear down. We stopped the tear down.
3: Yeah, but it was we still said, condemned. It was, still, it was condemned, still condemned, but we had to bring it out of that. So okay. we, we had to just fix it, put it back together.
2: But he also had to go to like the city court hearing to get it, to like take it off the tear down list because like it was being torn down in like eight days. Yeah. So wow. he saved it there.
3: So then then strapped a out of yourself at the garage <laughs> yes, level and I'm was like no moving.
2: this is my i'm staying
3: you take me from my property
2: and he's a big fella so yeah. like, you know no one was doing it
3: <laughs> so they they ended up getting us um uh we, we pulled a permit on it and pulled a demo permit and um got through the demo and then as we got through the demo um, my partner on it down in Chattanooga, the guy that was helping me with it, calls me and goes, Hey, so they just called me and said, we have to bring it out of the floodplain." What? What? I'm like, what do you mean out of the flood? How do you bring something out of the flood? <laughs> I'm sitting here thinking the same thing. <laughs> and, and I had no idea what he was talking about. I'm like, okay, well let's just bring it out of the floodplain. Everything will be fine. Right. Well, come to find out, bringing it out of the floodplain means, like, so, like, if you build a house in a floodplain now, you have to have an elevation certificate showing the height is out of the flood restriction. The so, height, the, el- the, so that the elevation house. certificate gives you the ability to not have flood insurance in a floodplain because you're so far out that hmm. even if it floods down here, it's not going to mess with the house. Right.
1: Wow. So because it was kind of like a new construction is why they were doing it that way. Because it was
3: 70% of the value of the home we were putting back into it. Had we been able to do a regular rehab, but because we pulled a permit because we were, gave them the budget on the permit and because we used, because we did things correctly, basically they hit us and said, Hey, no, now you, uh,
2: no, you can't. You can't do that. But, so, you know, our thing of not okay. hiding anything, you know, maybe that was working for us. If we had gone even further into that project, like something really bad could have happened. Maybe we were being saved from it. Right. So,
3: so then, But there's more. <laughs> so this is
0: happening for you. This I'm is happening right. the mindset. <laughs> for us.
3: This is great. So then then I'm keep like, it going. Okay. Then I'm like, okay, y'all just tear it down. Oh. Y'all just tear it down. Tear it down. And I'll rebuild Right? Because I'm used to new construction. I'm like, tear it down. My business partner was like, no, we are not tearing this down. We can't get the value back out of it. We just need to get rid of it. I was like, okay, what if we rezone it? Well, then I get shut down on rezoning. Even though there's duplexes all around it, they won't rezone this one. And so, but that's how part of it got condemned in the first place is because the guy turned it into a duplex. Illegally. Yeah, so that's part of how it got condemned. Mm -hmm. And... So he's like, no, we, we can't tear it down. I, we can't do anything. Like our best option is just sell it. You know? I'm like, okay. What does that look like? <laughs> he's like, well, you know, we'll list it for 30, right? Mind you, we bought it for 30. I think we bought it for 38. We'll list it for 30 and we'll just try and get rid of it. 25, try to get rid of it. 20. Try and get rid of it. 15, we sold it at 15.
2: Oh my God! And this was actually one. So my parents, you know, were very salary oriented. Have started like they, you know, they they have a little nest egg now, and they're starting to extend some money for projects. They're seeing how well we're doing, and that was their first one giving us money. Like they paid for that house. My dad funded that house. I was like, this would go this way. So, but we paid them back in full. They Mm. did not and And interest plus interest. Oh yes. Wow.
3: (laughs) Yep. I, I will have to say one thing. If you ever get investors, they come first, mm-hmm. above profits, above mm-hmm. the project, above anything. They come first, mm-hmm. you know. And as long as you treat people that way, they're going to come back. And you know, they've invested in another five project of ours after wow. that. That's so great, uh, you know. I think that's that's so one of my biggest pet peeves in real estate as a whole. After talking about how bad some of these deals go, mm-hmm. is that I'm gonna do what I say I'm gonna do. If I tell you I'm gonna close on the deal, I don't care what has to happen. If I sign my name to that contract, I'm gonna close on it. If I told you I was gonna give you 100% return on 100 grand in six months, that's what's gonna happen. I don't care what happens. And that has been my biggest thing that holds you through because you end up having deals like this that go extremely south, right? And you could easily say, hey, sorry dude, you're out, Mm -hmm. right? Like I could have said, "Hey, sorry, you're out fifteen grand."
2: And he's family; he's got to love him. He my bad, right? <laughs> yeah,
3: but it just doesn't work that way. That doesn't that doesn't keep your business going, and it sure doesn't help anybody else, you know. And I think that's part of some of the deals that I've worked on that have went south. It's went south because people sit there and go, "Hey, like, all right, here's my t- signature, here's my money down." Ugh, comes the closing. Sorry, guys, I'm out. Right, so. I think having the integrity of every single deal that you put under contract or every single deal you're a part of to make sure you finish that deal correctly, even if you lose everything in the deal. Like, even if you're putting in 100 and you lose 100 and you owe somebody that money, pay them.
0: McDonald's Insurance and Financial Services is the premier insurance and financial services agency, locally owned and operated, having locations in Tennessee mississippi and arkansas their company works with only the most reputable insurance companies to give you the best coverage for your needs call 901-451-3811 again that's 901-451-3811 for mcdonald's insurance and financial services Networth Worth Realty of Nashville is growing wealth in Tennessee by providing people across the Nashville metropolitan area with the tools and expertise they need to succeed in the residential real estate market.
1: Their specialists understand the ins and outs of Nashville and are experts at locating undervalued properties in the city's most
2: desirable neighborhoods.
0: That's Net Worth Realty of Nashville, 615-823-2777.
2: And we are enjoying... Enjoying for the most part, you know, all the, the, the builds and the flips and general real estate. But what we really want to get into, um, which you have gotten into, which is Mm. awesome is building generational wealth. Like right Mm. now we could go buy whatever we wanted, but like if we did, we probably wouldn't have a ton to leave our kids, you know? So Mm. we want to get to that point and we're still pretty young. So I think we can get there. Um, but apartments, so Mm. that's our, that's our next play. Apartments. And I think,
3: I think too, like not, um, so a uh, business coach of mine has uh, talked a, a lot about, uh, things go to zero, right? Mm-hmm. Like a flip, right? Once you sell it, you're back to zero. Yep. A bill, once you sell it, you're back to zero. Uh, a house, once you you know do the real estate side, right? Your current job, right? If you have a hundred, let's say you have a million dollar a year job and they fire you, you're back to zero. Mm-hmm. So everything goes back to zero except for long-term asset real estate
0: right
3: Right? and so you know even if like that deal right i Mm -hmm. lost 15 grand on that deal but it didn't go to zero because it was a asset Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. and so that's one of the things that we've been trying to figure out is how do we create that long term where if i want to sit my butt on the beach for the next two months (laughs) i can do it
2: he never would he'd get bored like
1: immediately (laughs) yes we talk about the beach often the time
3: (laughs) so so that's 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 the next step is trying to figure out you know how do we get you know apartments or airbnb or long-term rental you know and do it strategically where you know, we're not in the absolute worst area that we possibly can be in. What mm-hmm. we're in. Right. You know, where we're, we're not having to take care of the houses. Because
2: we have some rentals, but they are not in the, They're single family. And a couple quads or yeah. whatever.
3: And I handle all of them. And he, like knocking so on have the door for rent, have, you know. Gotcha. Yeah. 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 And they're paying cash. Oh. You, know, and, you know, I'm but fixing stuff it's with my, <laughs> my one guy down in Chattanooga is fixing everything for me. You know, so it's just learning, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. definitely learning. And a lot of people don't know, like this. I, I've been. I will be, not necessarily full time in investing, but I will have started in investing 15 months ago.
2: That was quick. That's how we like to do things. Mom. <laughs> That's why I have yeah. three kids. That were yeah. like so, boom, boom. <laughs> uh,
3: January, February of
2: 2018.
3: Okay. Started in like. Investing, investing, investing. Like, in long term. Okay, so like no, just, purchasing, just, just in just general, investing. flipping, Lips,
2: He was all general real estate.
3: Sorry, sorry. Say that.
0: Oh my gosh. So say that one more time. Fifteen months ago. About fifteen months ago.
1: Wyatt is concerned he's behind for me saying that. <laughs> oh, <yes. laughs>
0: I've been in this business for like, like half a decade, like
2: six years. What in the world? Yeah, yeah. Go big or go home. And Seriously. we don't go home. Step up your game, Wyatt. You mean that
0: Chattanooga house was like within
3: that the That la-
2: was in August? It's September? August.
3: Yeah. And then the other one yeah. was in... Uh, so the other one was in January of this year. January. And then uh, my new construction that I did was at the end of 2017 was when we first started doing that. Yeah. So we'll be in for two, two years will be uh, like August, September of this year. Yeah. Oh my God.
1: It's okay. It's all put
0: into place.
1: I feel like
3: I don't even put my pants on right in the morning.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What in the world? You've done all this in 15, like two years? Yeah. Less,
2: 18 months.
3: 18 months. Yeah. So say that one more time. You have 11 flips, right?
2: 17 flips.
3: 17 flips and And 11 new construction. 11 new
2: construction, Yeah, a handful, two handfuls.
3: And then I've got a couple other lots we hadn't started on.
1: Go ahead and tell them to man up. And then (laughs) I've got uh, so
3: then we own, own 10 doors in regular long term rentals, yeah,
2: but single family or like small multi.
3: Yeah, and so <laughs> yeah,
0: this is my two weeks. I quit right now. <laughs> like what
2: no And then no I real? also
3: did, and then I also did a seventeen million last year in just residential real estate. Residential, yeah. So, <laughs> and that's going down this year. So that's
2: correct. Oh, okay. Residential's okay. going down this year. Yeah. So, but you'll still probably hit ten million. Yeah. I'll probably hit ten million too.
3: She'll probably. <laughs> But it's just it's just continuing <laughs> the growth. And I think another thing that a lot of people don't know, don't do is invest in yourself. Like go to the Grant Cardone, the you know, invest in yourself mm-hmm. and when you learn to invest in yourself, you're gonna invest in other things more. Mm-hmm. You know, and a lot of people are like, Well, I wanna go buy that first house. Go spend ten grand on a conference for yourself and get your mindset right and you'll go buy twenty.
1: But hold on! Don't be that person that just buys a bunch of those courses. No, so right? You actually never have to does do have to.
3: You actually have to do something. So that—that's—that—that that was one of my things: is invest in yourself first. Yeah. Whatever it is, invest in yourself. You know, and investing in myself was buying that first deal and knowing I could get over it. Yeah. Right. And then I knew, hey, my first deal was probably the worst deal anybody's ever done. but being that first deal I was like nothing else is going to compare
2: that's right
3: then I bought a floodplain house but
2: (laughs) yeah
0: gosh you guys thank you so much this has been an amazing couple minutes with you
2: well thanks for having us absolutely thank you And,
3: and, and I tell people um you know now that working with partners working with other people don't go at it alone yeah you know um we couldn't do what we're doing without Trey. We couldn't do what we're doing without John, uh, another buddy of mine, Mike. I couldn't do what I'm doing without Mike. And right?
0: each
2: other. Mm. Aww. <laughs> uh, so it's a love fest find, in this room. <laughs> find people,
3: find people that you like, that you can work with and trust, and trust, and go head first. You know, um, because doing it alone sucks.
0: This has been a production of Corkscrews and Contracts,
1: podcast copyright 2019.